Grace and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Years ago, there was an ad campaign by Canon that featured tennis superstar Andre Agassi. You might remember this one. Image is everything. Image is everything. It was, a, it was really kind of a line ahead of its time when you think about it, because with the advent of social media, <laughs> image really has become everything. While people have always sought to project a certain image of themselves, now we craft and we cultivate an image to put forward with carefully edited pictures and posts that are designed to plant a certain image in the minds of others, of how we want to be thought of. Now, it's not that crafting an image is entirely wrong. We do need to be aware of what others think of us, going to the other extreme of of saying, well, I just don't even care. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Uh, That is another ditch with its own problems. And, well, (laughs) most of the time when people say, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, I don't care what people think of me, it's because they're doing it to cultivate an image so that people think that of them. So, image is everything. Creating an image so that people will think Think certain things about you seems to be very important in this world. But then if you start to peel back the layers, pretty quickly the image falls apart. The Hollywood couple who looks like they're living the dream. And then it comes out that they have an unhappy marriage Drug use regularly occurs as a means to try to find some happiness. And they're miserable because all of the time they're having to live in the public eye and to try to cultivate a given image. They can't let their guard down. The politician who seems powerful, but behind the scenes, he's answering to all kinds of people who are pulling the strings. The closer to home... The older Christian who resorts to what he or she knows to be sinful because of loneliness. The Christian husband who gives in to viewing pornography. The Christian wife who reads romance novels and fantasizes that, well, if only my husband could be like this. The Christian teenager who looks like they've got it together puts forward a pretty good image of themselves, but they feel inside like everything is falling apart. Now, imagine if you had to wear a T-shirt that listed all of the shameful things that you have said or thought or done. That listed all of the sins, the struggles, the weaknesses. All of those words for everyone to see. But of course, we don't do that, do we? So when the news does come out that someone has done something, we gasp or we laugh or we act surprised that someone could possibly have done some, something so sinful, so shameful, that somebody could be so weak. And while we seek to hide and cover up our own shame and weaknesses because well, if people found out, then that carefully crafted image would fall apart. This is why St. John marvels at the love of God, that he would call us children of God. 
Now, we know some things about John, right? We know John was a fisherman. We know he was a brother of James. And we know that James and John went to Jesus secretly to try to gain extra power, right? We want to be at your right hand and your your left hand when you come into your kingdom. And we also know that just like the other disciples, when Jesus was arrested, they ran away. Now, John follows from a safe distance, right? He, he wants to see what's going to happen, but he's, he's not getting too close. He stays at a distance while Jesus suffers and dies. We know that Jesus could have labeled John and Peter and all of the other disciples fair-weather friends and cowards. This is why when Jesus appears to John and the other disciples on Easter evening, the resurrected Jesus appears to them as they're in that locked room. They're afraid. Their first reaction is fear. What's Jesus going to say? What's he going to do? And what's the very first thing that Jesus says? Peace be with you. Then he shows them his hands and his side. And he says it again, peace be with you. He appeared to them. And he shows them these marks of love. And he speaks to them, peace. The carefully crafted image the disciples had created for themselves had been shattered. Who they were and and what they were had become plain for all to see. And yet Jesus appears to them, and he, he loves them. He forgives them. He extends peace to them. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. John marvels at the love of God, that in spite of God, seeing right through our carefully crafted image and seeing right into the darkness that lurks deep in our hearts, in spite of God knowing all of the sins that we so carefully conceal, in spite of God knowing the real you, the real me, God calls us his children. There's an old saying, I don't know where it came from or who first said it, but it's quite true. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. That carefully crafted image, it shatters in the presence of the most holy God, and you can come to him only as you really are. Sinful, in need of forgiveness broken, in need of healing. It doesn't work to come to God with the front that you put on for everybody else. It's like a a little kid that dresses up in a costume and thinks, Mom and Dad don't know who it is. They've got this, they've got them fooled. Yeah, yeah, good luck trying to fool God, right? You can fool others, you can never fool God. He knows. He knows your sin. He knows your struggles. He knows. And he doesn't send you away. He invites you to come to him with it, to lay it before him. And the nail-pierced hands of Jesus take that sin away, and the loving arms of God the Father wrap around you, and he says to you, you are my child. 
and I love you. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we will know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. In this life, we are sinner saints, right? We are children of God now, but we still struggle with sin. We still have weaknesses and darkness and troubles that afflict us. That's all going to change one day. That will change when Christ returns, but But don't let those things, those struggles, don't let those things cause you to doubt that right now, by baptism into Christ, by faith in him, you are children of God. You are saints made holy by the blood of Jesus. Right now. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone, everyone who hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Today's All Saints Day, and what is it that a saint is? Well, just like we talked about with the kids in the children's message, a saint is one who is holy. And you, by the blood of Jesus, you are holy. You are pure. We rejoice that the Lord who knows all things looks at you and he says, you are my child and you are holy. After all of our carefully image, carefully crafted image is, is destroyed and the sin is exposed, Even then, the Lord does not say, and see, that's what you really are. But he takes that sin away. The loving hands of Jesus take that sin away. And he says, I've already paid for that. Yeah, I know your sin, but it's not yours any longer. You are a child of God. You are holy. After all of the carefully crafted images destroyed and your sins exposed, what defines who you are? God does. He knows your sin, but he calls you his child because Jesus has taken your sin to the cross and it's not yours anymore. So in Christ, you are children of God. In Christ, you are saints. Says who? (laughs) Says God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.